Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I don't know how we got to this place in the NFL, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, and... um, Uh, we're starting to starting to get a sense that things are going to look a little different next year in the the national football league. Welcome in. This is the Doug Gottlieb show here uh, live on Fox sports radio. And as we do every day, uh, we're broadcasting live from sunny Southern California, a little programming note about, by the way, um, there's a lot of different programming notes. Uh, I would encourage you to download my most recent episode of all ball. Um, All Ball is a long-form interview podcast, a long-form interview podcast that we do. So you just type in All Ball wherever you download podcasts, or you can find it on my Twitter page or on our Facebook page as well. And um, the the most recent one revolves around Steve Wojciechowski, who was c- kind of a hmm, college rival. Obviously, you know him as Wojo, um, a guy who's the former point guard at Duke, former assistant coach at Duke, and former head coach at Marquette. Um, the, part two is I've never had a guy get as deep and as emotional, and it was really, really a special thing. So it's the All Ball Podcast with Wojo. You should download it today. Additionally, a little programming note, tomorrow I'm guest hosting The Herd, Colin Cowherd. I'll be in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Tournament. Last night I got a chance to see Gonzaga take down St. Mary's. Um, so more for social media, if you have a college basketball question, you're getting ready to set your brackets uh, or you're getting ready to go on to Bet Rivers and check out futures. I, I think that's a, a place for that. Bet, speaking of Bet Rivers, check out the latest lines in World of Sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I have... People always say, like, what's your favorite movie? I mean, I love movies. Um, love, 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 love. Like, uh, because I'm leaving town, I'm going to try and get one of the kids to go see the new Batman. Have, have anybody seen the new Batman? I've heard Jason? great things. I've heard great things about that movie. Uh, Ramos, have you see, ever seen the new Batman? I, Not to throw names around, but I did get invited to a screening of the Batman. I could not make it on that night. But uh, so, no, the answer is no, I did not see it yet. Hold on a second. I think we're going to. It was I my thought, bad. What, what do you mean it's your bad? About not going to the screening. No, I, I know it's your bad. <laughs> did Zoe Kravitz invite you to it? If Zoe Kravitz invited you or Colin Farrell invited no, you. No, okay. it was a strictly media in, invite to see the movie. Okay, I just like a Zoe. Yeah, no, I, you. They'd be like, "Listen, I'm happily married. I can't, <laughs> Zoe. I know you're going through some things. I don't know if it's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I I bring it up because I I love. I mean, there's just people say like like when Christopher Nolan took over the Batman franchise, like those are incredible movies. You know, 
Um, one of my favorite movies, and I don't know, Jay, Stu, if you've been with me long enough. Do, do you know the genre? Do you know I love sub movies, submarine movies? Yep, we've been through that. Yep. Okay. So I, I think uh, the two most recent submarine movies that are really good, Crimson Tide, right? not terribly believable, right? Not the the premise of it is pretty believable, like, but two guys fighting over the con, like on a on a on a nuclear submarine in the United States military. Yeah, that that's that's not happening. Um, Hunt for Red October. Now that that's an amazing movie, and there's a line in Hunt for Red October that I love, right? And if you remember. You guys know Hunt for October. I mean, how could anybody? Hunt for October is one of the five movies on TNT on a spring Saturday. Like, look, if you don't love Hunt for October or Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption, you better hope baseball comes back because those are the type of filler movies that uh, that that we're in for. Hunt for October, of course, st- uh, starred Sir Sean Connery or Sir Sir Sean Connery. Uh, but it also had James Earl Jones and a very young, very young Alec Baldwin. Um, and a guy who was a Fred Thompson, okay, was Admiral Painter. You guys remember Fred Thompson? Of course. Yeah. Love that guy. And now did Fred Thompson, did he become like a senator? Right? Didn't he become? Didn't he end up becoming a senator? I think after he was acting, he became a senator. Yes. Okay. So Fred Thompson at some point says, "The average Ruski doesn't take a dump without a plan, son." Right? Do you, do you guys remember that scene at all? I think it's a shower scene or whatever where Alec Baldwin finds a way to get onto the on onto the um, the USS Dallas. He says, "The the average Ruski doesn't take a dump without a plan, son." Anybody remember that line? Of course. Yes. Okay. That's a great one. Well. I'm I'm checking today, and I saw that Carson Wentz got traded for a uh, third-round pick this year, a third-round pick next year, a second-round pick this year. So second and a third, and a third. And Carson Wentz, who the Colts were, they can say all they want that they hadn't decided, but they had basically decided at the end of the season that Carson Wentz wasn't their guy. And th- there was this kind of, kind of weird, when your head coach believes in a quarterback and then your head coach stops believing in the quarterback you gotta go but this is one of those he wasn't their first choice he wasn't their second choice hell he may not have been their third or fourth choice but you gotta have a date to the prom and the washington football team ended up getting one and i i'm gonna tell you like one you gotta have you have to have a plan of these things that's what you've seen executed by the Broncos. That's what you've seen executed by the Washington football team. And I think, and this is the big question, like this is a legitimate question for the Seahawks. What is their plan? Right? Because if you're going to offer up Russell Wilson in a trade and the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos are all going to make some sort of offer, you got to, you got to have a plan. This is not, this is like the, ask people why they're not selling their house now. Home sale values are nuts. Like nuts. Like there's a house down the street from me that the guy bought a year ago and he's just going to sell it because he could double his money. 
and he didn't do anything to the house. And the reason that the values are so high is one, inflation, two, the interest rates are still crazy low, and three, limited inventory. You're like, well, why would there be limited inventory when the housing prices are so high? And the answer is because most people are like, man, I don't have a plan. If I sell my house, I don't want to move out of the neighborhood, and there's nothing that I want to buy. And if I buy it, I'm going to be over my skis and what I'm purchasing. The, the challenge to the Seahawks is what is their plan? Is their plan to Sean Watson? Is their plan just get through this year, right? Like Dan Beyer hated my thought of a plan, but I'm sure it's, now it might not be plan A or plan B or plan C, but there is a, there has to be some form of plan out there where if they can't figure out a way to get a Deshaun Watson, if they, or some other legitimate, reputable top 10, top 15 quarterback, do you punt for a year and just, not worry about the quarterback position and reload your franchise. That is again, all part of the plan. Remember Pete Carroll signed a long-term extension. So did John Daniels sign a long-term extension. So they're not going anywhere. And there's really, I believe, and you guys could update me if I'm wrong. There's essentially no owner or active owner of the Seahawks. So with, with that in mind, like it's kind of their ship and if they take a year away from competing and then circle back next year when they've reloaded their roster where the cap has already spiked up, where they've now finally replenished draft picks, now they can get back into the quarterback game. But the, the, the point of it is what the Washington football team did was execute a plan. And you may not like the plan, but part of plans are you got to have plan A, got to have plan B, got to have plan C, got to have plan D. I would guess that Wentz is somewhere in the C or D variety, right? Like we want Aaron Rodgers, couldn't get him. We want Russell Wilson, couldn't get him. We'd love to have Deshaun Watson, but ah, uh, you know, you you got you got a team that's being sued because of men within the organization sexually harassing women. We can't bring in Deshaun Watson. All right, Plan C, that's out the window. What's Plan D? What's Plan E? So I, 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 I find this whole thing to be fast. Like I'm, did they call on Kyler Murray? You know, do that. Where it is. And I would also guess that, that, um, you know, you have Jameis Winston, like they can't with Jameis Winston's background, regardless of the fact that never been found guilty of any of this stuff outside of the, whatever inappropriate thing happened in a Uber ride in Phoenix outside of that, again, like, under the eyes of the court of law, like he's never been found guilty of anything going back to college outside of being dumb and yelling out some stupid meme. But in terms of optics, I don't think they can go there. And for a team that if you go back, Ron Rivera, when he first took over his first year and he had Alex Smith, as quarterback before Alex Smith's leg broke so badly, he had 17 surgeries. They were in first place in the NFC East. So does this mean that Washington nailed it? You know, I think they're in a better place today than they were previously. And while you can absolutely be critical of Carson Wentz to the Washington football team, hey, that's two straight years that teams have bailed on him. One, the Eagles that took a major cap hit and bit the bullet and traded him. And then the Colts, you know, they went and overspent in terms of draft capital and finan- and financial resources 
Two teams bailed on him, including one that's in that division. This is what I always tell people. What were your options? You as a fan have every right to be upset at whatever your team ended up coming up with. But what were your options? And it's pretty obvious that Aaron Rodgers wasn't an option. Russell Wilson, probably not an option. Deshaun Watson, I don't think is an option. Jameis Winston, I don't think is an option. So if you tell me it's Carson Wentz who, though he didn't play well enough down the stretch, he wasn't terrible last year. And remember, this Washington football team, when healthy, might have the best pass rush in football. And I'm not trying to dismiss Nick Bosa. I'm not trying to dismiss the, the, the LA Rams. Like the Washington football team made the playoffs simply based upon their defensive front two years ago. And they were in a bad division. But that's what I think of today. The average Ruski doesn't take a dump without a plan, sir. Well, they, the Washington Commanders, they had a plan. And you may not love it, and, but this was not plan A. It was not plan B. I don't think it's plan C, but for plan B, plan D to get a guy who's been a starting quarterback in the NFL for uh, more than half a decade is coming off a year where he's been completely healthy, does obviously have knowledge of the division. I don't think it's terrible. Byer, we're going to get into it a little bit later. I, and I know Jody Allen's the owner of the Seahawks. His sister, Leigh Paul Allen. Most people think that she's, she's kind of a vacant owner. She just lets them, lets them run the team. She has a little bit more say, a little bit more say in the Portland Trailblazers, the other team that the late Paul Allen owned. But most people believe that she can be bought out of either. Bayer, do you think Deshaun Watson is ultimately the plan A for the Seahawks? No. I'm not saying it's 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 not a plan, but I just don't know how he could be plan A when we don't even know today if he can play next year. Um so I think there's a variety of ways that they're going. After Friday, um, sure, maybe full steam ahead, but I just don't know how you could put um, you know, all of your eggs in that basket. But also, um, then you're kind of back to where you are um, in the quarterback situation um, of trying to rebuild your team. Um, so that's... Uh, that's just what what I wonder. Like, how much better are the Seahawks with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, um, with the current state of affairs with their roster? So, what what do you what do you think? Like, if you were in a meeting with John Daniels, John and, Schneider, the so I mean, yeah. John Schneider. Well, I can say John Daniels. I thought John Daniels is the he's the young he was the general manager with the Rangers, right? Yeah. Um, okay. It would John Schneider. Uh, you're in a meeting with him. What would your idea be? Uh, and I know that your idea would be don't trade Russell Wilson. I got no, that. no. It actually, it, no. That would have been my. I, I have it no would have been get with, back more in return. Yeah, that I just okay. yeah. And. Okay, so so the the decision is made. You got what you got, mm-hmm. and he says, Dan, what do you think? I would I would uh, look at the draft would be my first option. Do you think that uh, a guy like you know Malik Willis from Liberty could be your guy? We know it's not a strong quarterback draft uh, that would be my my first option then I would take a one-year flyer on you mentioned I think Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier when talking about Washington um, Taylor Heineke um, any of those guys that that could be available that would be the stop gap then to fill the gap to next season where 
you may have more options at quarterback in the 2023 draft, or maybe free agency and trades are more available to you at that point, and now you have the draft capital to do so. I, I think what one thing that's fascinating is teams, one, obviously it's a copycat league, but people like to find ways to be successful in ways they were successful in the past, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. That's reasonable. Like, I, Okay, so if you have the same front office guys, basically, and I know there's some changes, but basically same GM, same coach as the last time they hit it out of the park. I don't think they're going to find a Hall of Famer in the third round at sure. quarterback. But if the plan is, hey, we just, because remember, th- this is what people have to remember about Russell Wilson. If we take a snapshot of Russell Wilson now, that's not the quarterback he was the first couple of years. I point this out all the time. I think, and Chase, do you can look up these numbers. I think it was nine times, nine times he threw for less than 200 yards his rookie season. Now, he was very good, but they really, really limited. They ran the football, and he ran the football a lot. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically played to their strength, which was their defense. And they built this unbelievable roster around a third-round pick who didn't make any money. And uh, and then eventually when he had to make money, everybody had to make money, that's when they had to shed some salary. And some of those guys aged out. My guess would be that as much as we'd like to think people change, evolve, and think differently in terms of in business especially, you want to do what you did somewhere else or some other time mm-hmm. to be successful. I think that's their plan. I think it's a, a great observation. And so much is made about Russell Wilson being the third-round pick. The two picks that actually were probably most important were the early picks when they had two first-rounders and they took Russell Okun as their left tackle sure. and then Earl Thomas was the safety. Remember the Earl Thomas or Taylor Mays uh, conversation that you had? Like, that's who Pete Carroll, he's going to go with his USC guy. No, they went to Earl Thomas and, you know, whatever now with Earl Thomas. But he was, you know, he was kind of that guy. And then they also hit on Bobby Wagner in that uh, draft of Russell Wilson. I think you're right about that. I think that's what they want to do. They got now the two uh, first-round picks next year. They only have the one this year because they traded theirs away. But I think I think you're right along that, correct in saying that along that path, that, hey, let's let's try it again. Let's try and see what we did last time and, and maybe get a couple of cornerstone pieces in these next two drafts and build that way and maybe if the quarterback is in the third round he happens to be there that's fine but yeah i think it's a totally fair assessment be sure to catch live editions of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app what up with you doug gottlieb show fox sports radio hope you're having a great day the doug gottlieb show broadcast from sunny southern california let's get after it daniel jeremiah is waiting I don't want to keep him waiting any longer. Big story of the day is Carson Wentz was traded again. You're like, again? Again? Back into the NFC East with the Washington Commanders. Um, No first-round picks, a couple third-rounders, and the Commanders, it's their plan C, D, E, whatever. But they have themselves a starting quarterback and a guy who wasn't terrible last year, obviously finished poorly. On the other hand, you know, the coach who believed him the most and saw him see his greatest success as a player in Philadelphia decided enough was enough, 
Uh, get to get to Daniel Jeremiah in a second. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers Sportsbook is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21, present Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, you know, I actually want to start with the Calvin Ridley thing, uh, DJ, because <laughs> both of us played collegiate sports, right? You were at App State. I was at uh, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. And I re- I'll never forget when they had the FBI come in my freshman year and my sophomore year, my junior year, and my senior year, and explain the dangers in a simple little wager on sports. Everyone knows you can't bet on sports. And I find it almost embarrassing how many people in our profession are like, you know, NFL's in bed with gambling. Yeah, gambling is real. It's part of what has made the NFL so successful. Even more, that's even more reason that players can't bet on their sport. Am, am Am I off on this one? I'm with you 10,000%. I mean, how many how many times did you pass by those signs in the locker room and in the hallway about, you know, you're not it's a no-go. Like it's the gambling signs in every locker room and probably every college and in every professional sports locker room that I've ever stepped into, you've got a gambling sign up in there. Um so you're reminded of it on a daily basis and it is possible to as a league collect money and revenue from that world, which, by the way, makes its way to the players in the form of the salary cap expanding, sure. um, while also acknowledging that that for competitive reasons, for obvious competitive reasons and integrity reasons, you can never have anybody involved with the team uh, gambling on games. Like, that's just – it can't happen. So I, I don't really find the logic of, well, the league's making money on it, so the players should be able to do it. Like, what? What are you talking about? Like, that <laughs> – First of all, the league's making money, which therefore makes its way to the players as well. The revenue pie grows, the salary cap grows, the players see some of that money. But under no circumstances can the integrity of the game uh, kind of come into balance here because you've got guys wagering on games. Like, that's just common sense. I feel like he'll be used as an example, and rightfully so. Do you think he plays in the NFL again? I do. I know, you know, look, it could be who knows how long the – the suspension will be, but I, I do think that they're, and you know, it came out with a year um, to start with here, and we'll see where it goes. But I think that's a pretty strong deterrent, especially when you look at the, the money that what was it, like eleven million bucks it could end yeah. up costing them. So um, that should be a pretty strong deterrent to the rest of the league. But I, I you know, look, it's a really really poor decision on his part. I hope that uh, that he gets a chance to play again. I know there's other things he's been dealing with and battling, but man, he's a great player. He's a, he's young. He's got, you know, plenty of, of years ahead of him. Hopefully um, he works his way back into the good graces with the league and, and gets to continue his career at some point in time. Let, let's, let's get to the, the Packers. And you told us everyone in the league has told you Aaron's coming back. Um, okay. Which, which, which he does. I do feel like green Bay did everything in their power to keep him. But now, are, is that going to be a two- or a three-year deal? Like, it feels like it'll be a four-year deal, but what will it really be, a two- or a three-year deal? Yeah, you know, I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Um, I, I would imagine you're probably looking at a, a two-year would be my guess, and kind of they can revisit things, and he's going to get a – what? I, mean, I, I guess the numbers, nothing's been confirmed on that front. I know they've denied it, so I don't even want to speculate on what the numbers would look like, but I would imagine two years and that is going to be an enormous amount of guaranteed money. Um, you know, maybe it gets you to that third year with some guarantees left over in that one, but um, I'm sure they've created some wiggle room at the end of this thing so they can amortize it out and lower the cap number. So you got to play some of that math, but I, I mean, 
I'm curious to see what Green Bay does now because they have a, a little bit of a dilemma here, Doug, and we talked about it in the in the postseason last year, is that they they have a very quarterback passing game centric uh, setup there. And they get into the postseason, they run through their division, which they're going to continue to do. And uh, their reward for running through the division and winning 12, 13 games every year is that they get to play in terrible weather that doesn't suit them. So they're going to have to do something in this offseason to, to, uh, you know, to kind of get more of a physical identity. And that could be in the form of, uh, you know, get more physical along the offensive line or even just getting bigger physical receivers to kind of complement Devontae Adams and, uh, and find a way to win once they get in the, in the weather they're going to play in. It's a, it's a team that doesn't necessarily fit their environment. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, your immediate reaction to the Russell Wilson trade. I thought it was fascinating. You know, I, I, I like it from the Broncos' standpoint, and some people I know say, well, how, how well is he going to fit, and this, that, and the other. Look, He's still he's still a top tier quarterback, and this is a team that's pretty stacked. Even after what they gave up, they have plenty of talent there, uh, you know, ready to roll. I think it's a good push. I think Russell still has four or five good years left. So to me, I don't know that you can overpay for a you know a top shelf quarterback. Let's say top top eight. Let's just be conservative and say top eight quarterback. You get five years of top eight quarterback play. Uh, that wasn't too much to give up. Now there's a lot of a lot of chatter amongst my friends in the league, and the expectation is that that Seattle's going to, you know, try and get in on Deshaun Watson. We'll see if that happens. If Seattle is able to use these picks and somehow, you know, everything were to clear up from a legal standpoint with Deshaun Watson, I can make a strong case that they got younger and better at the position. So that that is, uh, you know, their their final chapter on how they came out of this thing is yet to be written. Do you think they took? they took the best offer or do you think they, they wanted him out of the NFC? Well, I, I'm sure they wanted him out of the NFC, but it's going to come down to who Russell was going to be okay with. You know, it sounded like that wasn't Washington was not, he was not going to check that one off. So when you have a no trade clause, he had a lot of power in this, in this uh, process. And it sounds like he kind of wanted Denver, uh, which, you know, as we've mentioned, there's a lot of talent there that makes sense. So um, I, I think Seattle was in a pretty tough spot there. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, okay, you're in that division. I've talked to other people in that division, and obviously makes the Broncos much much better. But um, does it make them better than the Chargers? Does it make them better than the Chiefs? Does it make them better than the Raiders? That's a really competitive division. Again, and we're still not yet to free agency. We're not yet to the draft. Yeah. How do you think it looks as of now? I think that you can put them up uh, with with anybody in that division right now. I do, and and seeing this team and seeing this defense now, we'll see. It's new. It's a new staff. They're going to be under new direction um, on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, Vic Fangio, for whatever people thought of him as a head coach, his his uh, uh, you know his reputation as a defensive coordinator is well deserved. But that was a top five defense last year. They've got an opportunity in free agency to go add to that group. Um, and then offensively, you know, they've got firepower. They've got talent on the outside. They've got a, a decent offensive line, and now you've added a, a, a top-shelf quarterback, a major upgraded quarterback. Um, you know, Javante Williams is a stud. Like, they've got dudes, man. Like, that is a really, really talented team. So, I think, you know, when you look at that division, it's going to be the Thunderdome, man. It's going to be fun. Okay, Carson Wentz traded again, but – 
as much as the whole world is down on Carson Wentz, I would point out, like, look, if they can just keep their starting quarterback healthy and they can get Chase Young back fully healthy in that division, like, I like him better than the Giants, even at quarterback as of now. I Look, Dayball worked magic, but let, let's, let's see, right? Um, yeah. I, Philly loaded up on a bad schedule. I know they got all these picks. I'm just, I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy. I don't think they really are. I, I, they convinced themselves that Jalen Hurts is, is a dude. I think it's a mistake. I know they made the playoffs this year. I think Washington healthy is better. And then Dallas has a bunch of talent, but they're Dallas. What do you think of the Carson Wentz trade? Well, I think they, I, in my opinion, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder being jacked up is what led us to this to this move. I think they absolutely wanted a veteran. And when you took you know Aaron Rodgers out of the mix, when you took Russell Wilson, who they took a big swing at, you take him out of the mix. And then with Garoppolo's shoulder, you know, sidelining him, and that's, you know, you can say he's going to be back and be healthy in 100%. You don't mess around with your throwing shoulder. You know, like that's – you don't you don't make that trade and hope that he comes back to, to full health. So um, that took him out of the mix. So then their choice really was, you know, Trubisky, Mariota, or Carson Wentz. And so they made the decision to go with Carson, who did some good things last year. But man, I, Doug, I, I can't tell you enough, man. Like or stress it enough with Frank Reich and the relationship that he had with Carson in one year, and he's like, nope, I'm good. That is a that is a major yes. concern for me. I, I would scare the crud out of me. Yes, if if Frank Reich if Frank Reich is done with Carson Wentz, then why would anybody else not be done with Carson? That, that's that's the one, right? That's yeah. That's, that's the that's one. That, the, that's the smoking gun for me. And you know, Frank Reich is you know in terms of just one of the best dudes ever. One of the, he's a great with quarterbacks. Um, you know, integrity's off the charts. And he he just said, nope, we're done. This ain't working. We're out. And, and he had he had kind of, as he mentioned in his words, put his neck on the line to to vouch for him to bring him in. And then he, he did not stand in the way and lobby for for that to continue. And they moved on. So that that's the one piece there that would really scare me if I was Washington. Dana Jeremiah joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What's the quarterback class really look like in this draft? I think there's talent there, you know, and, and I think with the odds that one and maybe two of these top six guys are going to end up being, you know, good players and solid starters. I think that's going to happen. But man, Doug, it is going to be determined on where they go and the fit that they have and, uh, and trying to figure out and sort those guys out of who that's going to be is very challenging. And I think that's why you've seen the majority of these teams just go the veteran route it's a, Hey, I know, you know, Carson Wentz has his flaws or, you know, I think you'll see it in free agency with Trubisky and Mariota, whatever flaws they have, but they're known, at least, you know, what you're getting. And, uh, in the draft, I think there's just some, it's just, it's very, it's very unknown and very, uh, you know, it's very risky. So how, how much capital in terms of the draft do you want to put into one of these guys? I think teams have kind of shown their cards thus far. Yeah. I, I think that the whole world, um, Okay, we've already had, you mentioned Garoppolo with the shoulder, which means everybody is going to wait and see. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Um, what do you make of Kyler Murray, who he took down all this Arizona Cardinals stuff, then the coach and the general manager both get extensions. Now it's backup, but he wants a contract. Do you think he'll get a new contract just having completed his third year? 
I think, you know, from my understanding is that, um, you know, they, they would probably as an organization like to at least get to the summer, kind of get through this, this off season and then begin those discussions. He seems to be in more of a hurry to get those started ahead of that time frame. But at, at the end of the day, he has no leverage. I mean, you can say the baseball thing. They'll call his bluff on that. He's not going to do that. So it's really up to the Cardinals and, and how much, you know, how, how much more time they want to buy here before they make that investment. So he's not going anywhere. They're never going to be able to find an upgrade over him in the market if they weren't happy with him. And he's got no leverage to put their feet to the fire to get a deal that way. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's much ado about nothing. I think he really wants to get the contract done now. They're trying to at least slow play it for the time being. And, you know, nothing's happening. I think it's a big bunch of nothing. Okay. Is there another quarterback we're not thinking of that'll be moved? Yeah, Sam Darnold. I'm curious to see what Indianapolis is going to do. I know a lot of people have just kind of assumed that, oh, that'll be the Jimmy Garoppolo spot. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if that was a Sam Darnold move or, um, you know, they try and poke around some of these other veterans because that Colts team is – they're ready to go, man. Like, I don't really see them going the rookie route. And I know some talk out there, well, they want to see what they have in Sam Ellinger. Like, I, I would think they would at least explore some of these other veteran options, you know, whoever that might be. But I know, you know, Jordan Love's been mentioned. Um, I, I think Sam Darnold's still hanging out there. We'll see what Carolina does. If Carolina's going to go after Deshaun Watson, then that, um, that would make that a pretty easy decision for them in that, in that regard. What happens with Lamar and his contract and the Ravens? <laughs> He's not in any hurry. Like I, I, that's that's one of the more bizarre, uh, you know, situations. I can't recall where a player didn't really want to engage at that position on one of these mega mega extensions. And he just, you know, by the sounds of things, he's just, you know, kind of taking his time and and, and slow playing it, and hasn't really even engaged in the process. So I've got no. Um, I, I've got no comp for that. Like, I've, there's nothing in history I can point to. I guess maybe Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins, they approached him with a contract in Washington back in the day, and they just they lowballed him, and he didn't sign it and took him all the way through the franchise tags and, and got his freedom. But as far as I know, what I've read, I, I don't think there's been any contract proposals that have been swapped either way. So weird. So weird. It's bizarre. Especially because in terms of investment in what it's going to take Lamar to be great, the Ravens have done everything, right? Like, you know, the the multiple tight ends and then Hollywood Brown and then Sammy Watkins and Ronnie Stanley. Look, Ronnie Stanley got hurt. Everybody got hurt last year, but they they, they built the offense completely around him. Now, they want to re-sign him. It's just a... um, one, you have to have a conversation, and two, like, are you going to give him more money than Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes? I wouldn't. I know that tends to be what people do, um, but it is, it's a weird one to me. Yeah. No, and I, again, I can understand why the Ravens probably wanted to, to, to get involved in this discussion before some of these other deals came through because, you know, and, and we've kind of talked about it before, like, what's the number? Well, if you say Mahomes and uh, – um, Josh Allen were at like 43 or 45, wherever that, wherever that number is. And you said, okay, well, we're not going to go to that number, but we'll come in, you know, high thirties, or maybe even you said short term two to three years and, and you get to the 40 number. 
And then at the time, as these contracts always are, you go, man, it's a lot, and I don't know, and there's risk. And then all of a sudden, the Aaron Rodgers deal comes, and all of a sudden, Russell Wilson deal is going to get redone. And these guys are going to all be in the low 50s, and all of a sudden, you're sitting there looking at that 40 number, and you're like, okay, we can we can work with that. That's how this stuff always happens. You remember when Kirk got, I think Kirk yeah. got what 22 million or something, and people lost their minds. Lost like, their mind. Wait, just wait, just wait a year, 18 months. That's going to be middle of the pack quarterback money. Like that's that's not a big deal. Hmm. DJ, great stuff, man. Hope you're uh, getting ready for that NFL draft and you're prepping and enjoying beautiful San Diego. Thanks for being our guest. Appreciate you, brother. See you, man. That's Daniel Jeremiah, co-host of Move the Sticks podcast. It's a really good one. Of course, he's an analyst for the NFL Network. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. I, you know what, Dan? I actually, I know you did that, and I, I want to. I, I got your back on this thing, okay? So, what a listener doesn't know is, okay, Dan not only does, Dan not only does uh, updates for us. He has a bunch of other stuff going on, and he's he doesn't actually have to pop in on the show because he's doing these other jobs. So, when he mentioned the score, and he did, he, I think it was he said Arizona instead of Arizona State, like. I, who cares? Like, dude, really? I don't. I just don't understand people that. I don't. I don't understand people that 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 do that. I, I don't. It, it actually really bothers me that you know. It's like sure. I knew the score. I knew I, what you meant, and I also know that you're doing like 15 things at once, and the last thing you need is me bothering you. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. This is also what happens is sometimes the computer refreshes. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And I knew that it didn't. So as I was trying to refresh it, I'm trying to refresh it and then read the score and left out the state. And I also think I gave a dated score, but Arizona Who State cares? yeah, is up on Stanford 50 to 38. Okay. Uh, it could be Jared Hosser's last game as head coach of Stanford. A lot of, a lot of discussions about that job potentially becoming open. That one's a, that's a difficult one. Um, there was something else. I, what, we, what were we, what were we talking about? Oh, we we got these chance. I got some of these chants here. Some are pretty good, right? Some of you just say Simmons. I, I like this one. Thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you, Brooklyn. What do you yeah, guys think? That's that pretty one? good. That's I like it. Right, like Brooklyn took off or took our problem away. Uh, I like that one. So, you see the one that says Charmin. I guess softy quitter. Charmin. Charmon. In these Quitter. situations, you want to ask yourself what a lot Quitter. of people ask themselves. What? what? What would Skip Bayless call him? I mean, because you know that would be very catchy and, uh, you know, creative. What would what? What would be catchy and creative? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at some of these chants here, you know. Wait, what would be... I? It's the old, it's the old, I mean, in these situations, I think I do what most people do. What would Skip Bayless call him? That's. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, obviously this comes back to the Westbrook comment and what I said about Skip and, and, you know, it's like, look, people, you can take it however you want to take it. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, like the guy has created an incredible brand for himself I just think you don't need to do that. And even if you find it clever, it um, it empowers fans to do the same. That, that's that's the problem with it. Right. I don't know. I, I just I, I don't I, the, the name calling thing. I, I think I've uh, plenty of NBA people I know 
find that to be not necessarily offensive, but just like, why, what, what are you doing? You know, if you're, if your show is about takes and then substance to back up those takes, that's good. But just, and look, calling a guy a bricklayer, like I, so you, so you guys know when I was at Oklahoma state, my first year there, um, we went to Oklahoma and when I walked out, they threw the student section through hundreds of credit cards, fake credit cards at me, you know, and then they had a big, which you take Visa or MasterCard, you know, I, I thought it was pretty clever. And then my junior years, my second year there, they had the Gottlieb Brickometer. And every time I miss a shot, they had like a little, it was almost like a, a, a hand on a time thing. Right. And it would move to like two, three. And I was terrible and we got beat and I was like one for 10. So the Gottlieb Brickometer had nine bricks on it. It was pretty awesome. That one I found to be funny. Like I, I just, I think clever is way better than mean and, and, and definitely like vile has no place, but you try to be funny and clever. I like that. Speaking of trying to be clever and fun and funny, it's the midpoint of the show. It's the midpoint of the week. Let's get to the midway. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle. The Midway. Okay. So here's the midway. We thought, what is the story of this week? And as much as I would love to say, hey, championship week in college basketball, like, eh. No. Aaron Rodgers coming back? No. I think it's Denver's blockbuster trade. And to a lesser extent, Carson Wentz being traded a second time in two years. So, here's what we're going to do. And you can help us out on social media. All of us have, what do we say we have a collective? Like, it's not 100 years of sports radio, but it's close to. 100 years years. of experience total. Okay. Okay. It's pretty good. John counting for like 40 of those. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) I do have a lot. That's correct. Steroids? Steroids? The Midway. So, what's the most impactful sports trade you can remember? Uh, I'll start with you, Dan Byer. I I consider it the granddaddy of them all, and that's Herschel Walker dealt from the Dallas Cowboys to the Minnesota Vikings. The the, uh, (laughs) Walker was really good in his short time with Dallas. But the amount that Dallas got in return and how it changed that franchise and turned it around is, I just, I think that that, when you say trade and, and I really think in any sport, but specifically as we talk football, the Herschel Walker trade is, to me, the biggest one. Okay. Doesn't it speak, too, to like how much running backs were valued at some point in the NFL? Like, how much he got. In that, or how much the Cowboys got in that deal speaks to like what a running back demanded that much. It just seems completely out of touch. Well, it's it's like a different sport, right? The running back used to be your franchise player, now it's your quarterback. And and also remember the Vikings were like, hey, since we gave up so much, we're also going to have them uh, uh, running back kicks too. The the opposite of the mentality now is you know since we paid so much, we need to protect them. We're going to run them back kicks, maybe some punts. That was a good one. Um, this one. These two actually impact me personally, right? We were all here, I think, when uh, Gretzky was traded um, to yeah. the Kings. Um, Bruce McNall at the time on the Kings, he made, at, at the time, the biggest trade in the history of the city, I want to say. 
and knowing how much it impacted the city, the sport of hockey, um, on a personal level, it made me interested in the sport for a couple of years. I, I, I soon lost interest in that sport, but it, it made me interested. And then, of course, Pedro Martinez dealt to Montreal for Delano de Shields, and we all know how that ended up. That's an interesting one that you picked out, though, for the, that Pedro Martinez. Okay, uh, John Ramos? <clears throat> uh, the one I remember, I was going to say the Gretzky one as well. I think that yeah. one definitely, because, I mean, that changed he, hockey. He, he changed hockey yeah. and complete. The, the sit, this city, something, Los Angeles, right. became a hockey town for a period of time. And there would be no Anaheim Ducks had Gretzky not been traded, I guess. That was one of the big reasons of promoting San Jose and the Ducks in the hockey. Anyway. That's been given already. So mine would be obviously close to home as well. I, I think uh, the trade, for me, a shocking trade to me was when the Dodgers traded Mike Piazza. I thought they would ne- never get rid of Mike Piazza. I thought he was their face of the Dodgers for those many years. And to trade him was just shocking. I think it shocked Los Angeles as well. So also, um, Kevin Garnett being traded from Minnesota to one, um, yeah. Boston. Yeah. That kind of yeah. was like, because he was Minnesota's face as well. And the fact that uh, he just went to Boston and they, I don't know, wasn't that the one they thought was kind of like uh, an under, like, because it wasn't Kevin McHale, yeah. a Minnesota GM yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Uh-huh. So Took care of Danny Ainge? Yeah. That's what the thought was there, right? But those would be my two that were kind of pretty big and kind of in your face. So Piazza mm. one was huge. The Midway. I, uh, um... All right, the biggest trade in the history of sports is not the Herschel Walker trade. You said granddaddy of them all. The great, great, great granddaddy of them all is the Babe Ruth trade. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. Literally, the great. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's the great, 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 great. Like, Herschel Walker is the trade where it was to unload the kitchen sink. Okay? And you're right. Now the the I have the baby to that one, right? That's the if that's the granddaddy, I have the baby or whatever. But the great 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 granddaddy is the Babe Ruth traded, right? And he was traded for a musical, right? Yeah. I mean that's John was on the air that day. (laughs) John, what did you think of the musical, John? Oh man. Babe Ruth, yeah, Babe Ruth for $100,000 in cash. Okay, so Babe Ruth's the great, 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 great. Hold on, wait, I got a couple more. The the newest version of the Herschel Walker trade was the Ricky Williams trade. Oh, yeah. Right, where the Saints traded every draft pick they had for Ricky Williams. Just ridiculous. Which which was the copy of the, the Herschel Walker trade. Now, Mike Ditka was running the Saints. Like People are like, Mike Ditka ran the Saints? Yes. Mike did. How'd that one work out? Not great. All right. Now, I also have two others. By the way, that, that last one you just said has to be coupled with the image of Ricky Williams in a wedding dress on the cover. <laughs> right, of course, which, by the, way, by the way, is a copy of Dennis Rodman in the wedding dress. Right? Yep. Okay. Um... Then there's two trades, both involving the Lakers, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. One is the most obvious. That's the Chris Paul trade. And we have to remember at the time, okay, that the league was running or the league was, oh, at the time, the Pelicans were in such bad financial shape that the league had took, taken over for a couple of years. So David Cern had ultimate say, veto power of the trade. Back then, the Pelicans were the Hornets, and because they had moved from Charlotte, 
who's now the Hornets. Very confusing, I know. They were the Bobcats. They were the Hornets. Then they created... Anyway, Chris Paul was traded to LA for... um, uh, It was supposed to be a three-way deal that the league killed. And remember, it wasn't just uh, Chris Paul. It was going back in return was Lamar Odom, Luis Scola, Goran Dragic, and the Rockets' three-way trade got Pau Gasol. So... Not only did Chris Paul not play, prime Chris Paul not play for the Lakers, and we have no idea how that would have worked, but Pau Gasol, okay, at that point in time, he was distraught. Lamar Odom went completely off the deep end. That was basically the end of Lamar Odom's, not be, and even though the trade didn't happen, he was so distraught that he didn't want to be in LA anymore. They traded him to Dallas, and he was a complete mess. Complete mess. The other one is this, and I don't know if you guys remember, Kobe Bryant wanted to be traded. They were going to trade him to the Chicago Bulls, and the Bulls didn't want to trade Luol Deng as part of the deal. Ah. That's the midway.